Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Chick-chat, 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 the baby chick podcast. We're all about mothers and supporting them right. We're all about babies and futures oh so bright. Chick-chat, 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 the baby chick Welcome to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick Podcast. I'm Nina Spears, the Baby Chick, your host. And today we have Dr. Shafali with us. Dr. Shafali received her doctorate in clinical psychology from Columbia University. Specializing in the integration of Western psychology and Eastern philosophy, she brings together the best of both worlds for her clients. She's an expert in family dynamics and personal development, teaching courses around the globe. She has written four books, three of which are New York Times bestsellers, including her two landmark books, The Conscious Parent and The Awakened Family. Today, Dr. Shafali will chat with us about creating the ultimate parent-child relationship. We will explore some practical solutions that can allow parents to connect with their children authentically. Let's welcome Dr. Shafali to learn more. Hi, Dr. Shafali. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast, Chick Chat. We're so excited to have you here. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so honored. Oh, it's our honor to have you. And we're very interested in chatting about creating a strong parent-child relationship, which you know so much about. But before we begin, we'd love to learn a bit more about you. Dr. Shafali, can you please tell us about you, your background, and how you came to specialize in parenting? Sure. So I've been working with people in my practice as a clinical psychologist And seeing in every case almost how much of our adult pain is created in childhood, right? We know that, that most of our adult patterns come from our childhood pain. So working with so many parents over generations, over decades, really, I began to see grandparents, parents, adult human beings, all having the same childhood issues. And then when I became a mother, I began to see how my issues from my childhood came up even more. And that's what really pushed me and catapulted me to helping parents, you know, truly parent themselves in the parenting process, because that's the missing piece. It's not that we don't love our children. It's not that we don't want the best for them, but what interferes in our ability to truly raise them to become their most empowered is because we have these childhood issues that we haven't raised ourselves from, we haven't healed ourselves from. Oh gosh, I feel like so many of us can relate to that statement. And that's interesting. Was it becoming a mother that really got you more involved into this, the parenting side, or were you always interested in that type of psychology and help? Well, as I said, I was always interested because I saw how much of damage early parenting experiences have on adult relationships. But it was only when I became a parent and I saw myself doing it in real time to my child 
that I began to connect all the dots and realize, ah, this is how it this is how it happens. And so I began to transform my whole philosophy, all that I was teaching, and really focus on the on the parenting process and how parents can, you know, not make the same mistakes that their parents made and, and do this in the best way possible so that their intention and their behavior in aligns. You know, many times we have the intention to raise empowered children, but then our behavior will be exactly that undercuts that. So I began to help parents to align their intention with their behaviors more succinctly, more coherently. Oh, we love that. And we know one of your areas of expertise is, like you're saying, this relationship between parent and child. Can you elaborate on this important concept to us, this this relationship between parent and child? Well, you know, when children are born, they rely on how others see them to develop their own self-image. And they need parents and secure and caregivers to create that sense of self. So if the parents see them as good and worthy and abundant and amazing, that's what they will incorporate and indoctrinate. But if they have caregivers that constantly see them through lack, through scarcity, through negativity, then that's what they're going to incorporate. So that infant is reliant on how the others see them, but then how the others see them is dependent on how they were seen in childhood, right? So the pattern keeps continuing. You know, does the parent see themselves as whole and complete and worthy? Because how we see ourselves is how we will see our children. So in that way, our children provide that mirror for us for how we need to see ourselves. And so if we're constantly criticizing our children, that's an indication that, ah, the same voice that I use toward my children is the voice that I actually use toward myself. So that's a beautiful invitation now for me to transform the way I see myself because I'm seeing how much damage I'm doing to my child. I feel like it's, yes, trying to break that cycle. But when that's all you've learned, even though you do want to do better, it can be difficult for some people to re-coach themselves, reteach themselves on how to see themselves in a better light and become the parent that they ultimately wish that they had or things to be different. Oh gosh, Dr. Shafali, what do you find are the most common struggles parents experience and what methods do you offer to overcome these struggles? Well, you know, I've written a new book and people should buy that if they want to learn how to become a conscious parent. The book is called The Parenting Map. And in this book, I really talk about the core struggles and, and how to overcome them. I give 20 steps in the parenting map to help parents identify the struggles and then overcome them. So there are 20 kind of 20 struggles. But the main ones, I think, are our fantasy that we have to control these children and that we have to raise these perfect, happy children. When we have that fantasy, we really begin to objectify our children and treat them as a puppet to make that fantasy come true rather than seeing them as a, as, as a full human being that needs help, protection, and celebration for who it is they are. You know, we're con- if we make up a fantasy that our child needs to be a super athlete, we may make this fantasy subconsciously or we may make a fantasy that my child 
is supposed to be happy all the time. And we may, again, make that fantasy subconsciously. But then we keep directing that child subconsciously to meet that fantasy. And then when that fantasy doesn't come true, we feel like it's a personal attack or that we are a failure, we're not good enough, or, you know, the child is bad and we need to fix the child. So that's why we need to really become aware of these fantasies. I think this is one of the biggest blocks in our parenting is the fantasy we've created. You know, I often say, parent the child before you, not the child you believe you should have had. You're not parenting your cousin's child, yourself, or your neighbor's child. You're parenting the child before you and not the child you wish you had. Right. Oh, gosh, yes. And how can, I feel like you're saying subconsciously, we may have these assumptions of, you know, oh, this is how it should be. And this is, this is the child that I'm raising. They're supposed to be, you know, a rocket scientist or whatever it is that you have dreams and hopes for your child in the future. How can we become a bit more aware of those subconscious fantasies? Is there, are there any tips that you can help us become more aware? Yeah. So, you know, awareness is an introspective process. So you have to be willing to go inward. So in one of the steps, I think it's step, step three, I do give exercises to actually become aware of the fantasy. Uh, it's step two. So I say uh, step two is called destroy the fantasy. And I ask parents, I'm going to read it, how to put it into practice. I write, you need to go within yourself and become honest about your movie and its scripts. The more unconscious expectations you have for your kids, the greater the potential for disappointment. This is not fair to your kids. They have no idea what your fantasies are, let alone how to meet them. So take a moment to write down your fantasy movie for your child. What is the movie called? Who are the characters? What are their roles? How does the movie end? So I, I ask people to write it out and I give a you know an exercise journal to write it out. And then I ask them to put their fantasy on the left side, for example, my kid will be a star athlete. And then I ask people to write, what is the reality? You know, maybe it is my kid doesn't like sports. Or another fantasy, my kid will be outgoing and friendly. What is the reality? Oh, my kid is shy and introverted. Fantasy, my kid will be a straight A student. Reality, my kid has learning difficulties. So if people fill up the fantasy and the reality, then they begin to see whether there's a gap between fantasy and reality. Then I ask parents to contemplate, can I let these fantasies go with beautiful release? Can I accept my child and my reality as they are without this movie? What feelings come up for me as I release my expectations? What about my reality is causing me fear and pain? Can I find joy and abundance in my children just as they are? Right? So I help parents understand that they've been living out of a fantasy and that is so unfair to their children because no one wants to feel like they are a failure, right? Everyone wants to feel abundant and positive and worthy. But if if we keep putting these fantasies on our children, then we're going to set themselves and ourselves up for failure. So true. Oh, my goodness. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Uh, I'm wondering, you had said before that our past experiences can really affect how we are parenting in the present. Is there something that we have experienced in the past to maybe make those assumptions or fantasies come to life? Or is it more of just wishing and wanting? Is that normal? How do we, how do we learn from our past experiences and these fantasies to become the parent that our children need us to be? Well, these fantasies are really unfulfilled longings within ourselves. Because we have not yet healed ourselves and because we believe we need to be some level of perfect, we need it to be some level of better, and because we haven't healed our own sense of limitation, of, of feeling disappointment around our limitation, we haven't accepted ourselves. We haven't accepted our limitations. We haven't celebrated ourselves. And so because we still live in some sort of fantasy, we keep projecting these fantasies either on our relationship or on our children or our career, hoping that when these fantasies come true, we will feel better about ourselves. And that is the primary flaw, right? It's coming from our own sense of unworthiness, our own sense of inner lack. And as long as we have not healed ourselves and don't feel full and complete within ourselves, we'll still and continue to keep asking the others to fulfill ourselves or our lifestyle to fulfill us or our career to fulfill us. But really nothing on the outside can fulfill us. It's coming from a deep emptiness from within that we haven't made peace with. Oh, wow. That is powerful, Dr. Shafali. Oh, man. And how do, how do we feel that, feel the worthiness, feel, how can we repair that? Because that just sounds like there's so much that has happened in our past and our assumptions today. How can we heal that and, and move forward with that? Right. It's not easy and it's not a quick decision. It's a process. And that's why I wrote this book, The Parenting Map as a journey, as a process, because nothing gets fulfilled right away. It, nothing gets complete or healed right away. As a parent, we're going to be on this constant journey to heal. But first it has to begin with a constant willingness to look in the mirror and to heal, right? So my work and this book, The Parenting Map, will show parents step-by-step step how to do that inner work. We have to be willing to do some exercises, to apply some knowledge and some wisdom. We can't just think it and become the best parent. We have to cultivate it. And that's what my, my work teaches parents is, okay, can you first become aware that you're even unconscious? You're not even aware. And then how do we heal? And I, I give a whole prescription on how to heal, but we have to do the work. Stage two of my book, The Parenting Map, is all about healing and what you need to do to heal this this core wound you have, because as long as you don't heal it, you keep passing down your crap onto your children. Yes, you right. will. <laughs> and that's the last thing we want to do. Oh my goodness. You had mentioned prior about conscious parenting. Can you tell us more about conscious parenting and what does it mean? Well, this is what conscious parenting is, is where the parent understands that they need to do a lot of work to heal themselves before they attempt to heal their children. That is what conscious parenting is, is about the parent becoming aware that they have so much baggage, that they have so much unresolved issues, so many unresolved issues within themselves that they are now dumping on their children and hoping their children will meet them in order to 
make them feel better. But really, it's an inside job. The parent needs to do all this work within themselves to heal. Right. And I do want to say to our listeners, like, I don't want you to feel guilt for for thinking, oh my gosh, I have all of this baggage and I'm putting it all on my children. Please do not feel guilty. I feel like like you're saying, Dr. Shafali, this is all done subconsciously. And by just listening to this podcast and learning that, oh my gosh, there's a way to improve. There's a way to become more conscious of, of these unrealistic expectations maybe that you have or other subconscious things that are, that are resign- <laughs> in your mind. I, I think that this, this can help us heal and move forward and be the parent that that child or ch- your children really need you to be. So that's that's something I do want to put out there because I feel like you can feel a little bit guilty of, oh my gosh, I'm just screwing this all up. I'm messing everything up and now I need to try and do better. Right, right, right. So the first step of awareness is typical guilt, is typically guilt. And I, I want to encourage people that if you're feeling guilt, you're actually at the first step, right? As soon as we become aware, the first thing that hits us is tremendous guilt. And I want people to understand that guilt comes from uh, this feeling that you should have been better. And what I then teach parents is the wisdom that you could not have, should have been better because you should have been exactly who you were. You couldn't have been more than who you were given your level of consciousness. So yes, guilt is the first step. So not to worry, guilt is normal. And it's okay for people to feel guilt though, you know, let them feel it. But then we move out of guilt into, ah, everyone is messing up. I messed up. And that's why I actually do this work is because I saw myself mess up. And then with compassion that I couldn't have done better because I didn't know better, I can now move into the next step, which is acceptance, radical acceptance and radical change, right? So it's like we have to go through these processes in order to come out on the other side. It's very hard to to come out on the other side if we don't go through these steps, right? We have to go through these steps. Right, right. Oh, and I appreciate that. That's that's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. And Dr. Shafali, with busy schedules and sometimes just feeling overwhelmed, how can parents consciously create an authentic connection with their child? Well, so authentic connection with any human being can only be created and cultivated and nurtured and persevered if we have an authentic connection with ourselves. So in the first two stages of this book, I talk about how parents can create that authentic connection with themselves and then connecting to the child, right? And so entire stage three of this book, the parenting map is how do we create that authentic connection with our children? Number one, we have to first recognize the essence of our children. What kind of children do you have? So I describe six kinds of children. You know, of course, there are limitless numbers of kinds of children, but just to kind of identify patterns, do you have an anxious explorer? Do you have a hyperactive explorer? Do you have a dreamy recluse? Do you have a rebel nonconformist? Do you have an overdoer? Do you have an easy breezy child? And then there's one more, I always forget one. But I give all these different templates to then understand who is your child and then how can you honor the superpower within your child? And just Trying to identify your child's essence makes you become aware of how you have denied your child's essence and see the weaknesses rather than the superpowers in your child's essence. So I teach this to parents and I teach parents that until you accept your child for who it is they are, 
not for what they do, you will not create an authentic connection with your child. Wow. Yes, because it's so true. You can't approach one child. Even from the same two parents, you will have, I swear, completely different children. <laughs> one will be different than the other. And coming, right. uh, going to approaching one uh, and then another, sometimes it just needs to be completely different because you're right. They each have their own superpowers. I love how you said that. Yes, 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 yes. Ultimately, what are the long-term benefits of creating a strong and healthy relationship with our children? We know it's important, but what are those benefits uh, that we may not know of? Oh, my goodness. It is the basis of everything. I mean, the child's sense of self, child's security, safety. Is the world a safe place? Am I worthy? Will my needs be met? Am I allowed to express myself? Will I be heard? Does my voice matter? I mean, on every level, if a child grows up with even just one empowered caregiver who empowers them and is empowered themselves as a model, that can be the change of the world. I mean, that's what's missing is our empowerment, meaning our celebration of who we are and passing down that joy and celebration to our children. I love that. It sounds like it can really just make a huge difference in the person our child becomes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It, I mean, it's a game changer. So that's what my work is. It's it's game changing. It's life changing. And, you know, I have so many parents who do practice it. And when they do practice it, they completely transform when they, when they do practice it. So that's what I teach parents. You know, if parents do want to change their their children's future, they need to start practicing certain things. There are ways to change it, but they have to practice it. Yes. So now we need to know, can you share with us maybe some actionable steps on how to connect with their child? Well, I think, you know, the main thing is that whenever we get triggered, when we see our child misbehave, we need to you know, remember that there are three reasons why our children may be misbehaving. Number one, it's lack of skill. Their brain is not developed. Their brain is still forming. Their prefrontal cortex is not yet developed. So their capacity for forethought, for preemption, for planning is not developed. So lack of skill. The second reason is lack of life experience. They just haven't practiced it enough. And we need to allow for that, right? So we think that Certain things are so obvious and logical, but for our children, it's not. And number three is lack of worth. Maybe they're terrified. Maybe they're so scared. Maybe they're ashamed. So why is this important to understand? Because half of the damage we do, if not all the damage we do, in terms of creating security within our children is because we overreact when we think our children are misbehaving. So when I embed in the parent this awareness that no, your child is misbehaving because one of these three reasons, they can enter their heart, they can enter compassion, and they can truly connect. Right? I always say another actionable step is first connect before you correct, before you control. And what does connection mean? Have compassion, understand, have patience, see the best in your child. And that's how you build that awareness. That's how you build that connection brick by brick. And every time you disconnect through overreaction, it will take you 10 steps more now to reconnect, right? So think very strongly, very hard before you overreact. 
because that overreaction is now creating a debit in their emotional bank. So am I creating a credit right now? Am I creating a debit right now? And you're constantly trying to create credit in their emotional connection bank rather than a debit. And you have to keep that in mind at all times. Oh gosh, yes, this is this is good stuff. Oh man, and Dr. Shafali, in a world of social media and school shootings, cultural conflict, and more, it feels like parenting is becoming harder than ever. How can strengthening the parent-child relationship help us overcome some of these obstacles and fears that we face? Well, you know, when the child is talked to by the parent and, and exp- you know, first we have to explain to our children about the dangers of this social media, as in, don't believe everything you hear. These are people who don't care about you. These are strangers, right? And we try to limit this anyway till our children are 13 or 14, right? Because they cannot handle and navigate and negotiate this on their own. So we must have very strong boundaries in place. But when a child feels connected at home, when a child feels accepted at home, when a child feels seen at home, then automatically you can imagine how that child get, is buffered from the attacks from the external world, how they are shielded from the external world because they have somebody at home who is constantly seeing them versus somebody at home who is constantly abusing them. Then it's quite natural that they will fall prey to the compliments or to the insults of somebody on the outside. They will be less prey to the outside world if they are very securely attached in the inside world. So that's why the parent needs to create the secure attachment so that the child always knows that when I'm with my mom, I'm good. Right? I can always go to my mom or my dad and, and they're always going to be there for me. What an amazing sense of security that gives. Oh, yes. If you feel like you can't be yourself and, and be honest and open and comfortable at home, gosh, where can you go? That can be really frightening. Oh. Yes, yes, exactly. And for many people, many children out there, they don't feel like they can go back home. So it is scary for them. Oh, yeah, and that's heartbreaking to hear, but I'm so glad for the work that you're doing to really help parents get that information to be that safe place and to be the parent that that child needs to do our best that we possibly can. So gosh, Dr. Shafali, this has been wonderful information. If you could give our listeners like one piece of parenting advice, what would it be? Life is short. It's quite simple if we simplify it and not overcomplicate it. Our children are simple beings. They just want to be seen, heard, and understood. That's the key ingredient to success. It's not how many math classes they're in or what grades they get. It's your capacity as a parent to truly honor them and celebrate them. And that's very simple. It can be done with no money. And just your presence, you don't need to be a PhD in anything to connect to your child. And so just that is the most invaluable gift you can give your child. Yes. Oh, and that's so encouraging and wonderful. I, I always have said, gosh, just being present, being there is half the job. Just showing up. So, but learning these other, these other things about ourselves within ourselves is not only going to better benefit us, but our children. So this is just wonderful information. And any final thoughts or advice for our listeners, Dr. Shafali? 
well, you know, there is a better way to parent and it doesn't matter how old your children are or how old you are. You can start right now, begin right now. And that's what I keep telling myself every day is a better opportunity to show up better for myself, for my partners, for my friends, for my loved ones and my children. So start right now, you know, and pick up my book. It's called The Parenting Map. It's a beautifully illustrated book on how simple parenting can be and how how eloquent it can be if you allow it. And there is a beautiful way to do it. And that's what I teach. So I'm really grateful that you're highlighting my work and spreading it with your community. Yes. Well, we're grateful to have you. We feel like your work is doing such wonderful things and it's important for our listeners to know about it. And Dr. Shafali, where can our listeners find you? Well, at drshafali.com, D-R for drshafali.com. And on Instagram, under Dr. Shafali, spelled out. And uh, yeah, I, I offer courses. I have a coaching institute. I coach people to do the work I do out in the world. So if anyone is passionate about spreading conscious parenting, they can look into my institute as well. This was so helpful and informative, Dr. Shafali. Thank you so much again for your time and for sharing your knowledge with all of us. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And for our listeners out there to learn more about Dr. Shafali, as she said, you can visit her on Instagram at Dr. Shafali or online at www.drdrshafali.com. Our team will be posting today's episode on our Baby Chick Facebook page. So if you have any questions or comments about our discussion, please share them with us in the comment section. And as always, If you haven't already, please subscribe to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us an honest review. Cheers to strengthening our parent-child relationships.